Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Coffee Talk. Today, we're going to speak about this super interesting subject, which is how to deal with sadness and anxiety. I am here with Coach Clem, Coach Anna, and myself, Julia, and we're uh, all of us certified coaches. So I would like to welcome you girls. How are you? Hi. Good. Hi, guys. Good and you? I'm great. Thank you. I'm excited to speak about it because it's a very um, personal um, thing I have been struggling with most of my life uh, during different times of my life. So that's why I chose this, this subject, because I think that there's still a little bit of taboo, a little bit of um, shyness or, you know, like uh, people hesitate to, to share when they are struggling. And I think that to make other people come up easier and speak about it, we need to start speaking about it ourselves. So for me, just to give you like a, a small, small intro, it started uh, when I was like seven years old after I saw a scary movie. Uh, the thing is that the movie was not that scary, but it confronted me to, the, to death in the sense that then I realized that kids could die. And for mm -hmm. me as a happy kid, I was like, how, how come, <laughs> can I die? Can my brother die? It was something that never came to mind. So it really shocked me. And after that, I started to have anxiety attacks and panic attacks and I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to go out. I, was, I started to calculate the risk of everything. So my parents were like, oh my God, we broke, we broke this child. So I had some therapy and after that it stopped. And then it came back in my teenage years And at the time, I didn't want to speak with the lights off, you know, as a teenage, it's, it's ridiculous, but I, I had a lot of overwhelmment and I didn't understand why. And I think that it was later in my 20s when I actually realized that I was having a panic attacks and that I saw a doctor for the first time. And for me, I have always been very hesitant to take medications for the sake of it. When you need to, of course, you you need to do what's best for you. But I always have tried like to deal with it myself. And I also need to admit that at some points of my life, I have taken medication for, for my anxiety and panic attacks. And there's no shame in that, even if it took me a long time to speak about it with everyone else. Like my boyfriend didn't find out after three years, I was like, okay. <laughs> and because there, there's some shame on it. I don't know about you, if you have experienced it, but there's some shame on it. Uh, the fact of feeling weak or maybe not as capable as others to deal with, with life. And this is not the truth. So I would like to know about you, like if you have ever experienced it and if so, what, how, what has been your experience so far? Mm. Yeah, I think that it's, it's a really good point because the, uh, to some extent, I think everyone in his life or in her life has been experiencing uh, some signs of, uh, of anxiety, some signs of stress and, uh, and sadness. And uh, it, it, is a, it is a very human-like sort of common, common experience. Uh, and it can take so uh, many different colors and flavors in, in everyone, depending on What, what your life has been depending on, but it's something that we can all relate to in some way, like we can all um, empathize with it. And I, I, I agree on the fact that it seems to still be something that you, you should hide or you should pretend not to have. And, 
and 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 things like that and yes and, and anxiety is has been part of my life as well um no i, I didn't have panic attacks uh, i had uh, like trouble sleeping uh, a little bit at, at some point in my in my when i was a child as well uh, i couldn't sleep at night was up i was waking my parents up or you know uh, for some reason with, with some kind of uh, fear of fear of the dark and fear of dying as well i had i had that as well i think mm probably a concept that you discover as a child around around nine or something like that and also got some help at, at that point which helped me and my parents to get some sleep at night and <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so that that was that was initially and then and then later on it, it became it became different also around the teenage years uh, it's probably it's probably quite classic but um but, but it doesn't make it uh, easy and it's definitely not been easy for me. Uh, it's a lot better now, but, uh, but initially as a child and later as a teenager, I remember struggling quite a lot. What about you, Anna? Yeah, I had the same experiences uh, as you guys. Um, not about death. I don't remember having some troubles about that, but I was really feeling down, especially when I was a teenager, like feeling I didn't belong where I was, feeling I was different from others. And the world reminds me that difference every day. I don't really know why, <laughs> but yeah, I was struggling a lot. I was insomniac for a long time and uh, I felt like I was always living in the future. Like the future should be different. It, it has to be different because what I was living was really not comfortable and was sometimes really horrible. And so I thought therapist as well. I had some meds sometimes. And as you say, Yulia, it's really hard to say that because it's really shameful and it shouldn't be. No. <laughs> because it's okay and we don't have to, yeah, to feel weird or bad about it. And uh, I think what's hard with meds is they take the power out of you because you feel like you depend on something else to be happy and to feel well. So I wanted to stop having meds to sleep and having meds to feel good, you know? And that's when I started to fight against it. And, yeah, and find my place and find my purpose. And that's when I went into self-development to feel I got my power back, you know, I was able to, to live the life I wanted to live. And yeah, yeah, that happens and it's okay. And we just need to, yeah, accept the place where you're at so you can go where you want to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's something super important what you said, like, first you need to accept it. Mm. Because yeah. first you need to recognize it. Because there's a difference of, like, if you feel low from time to time, than to having very often the same kind of symptoms. So first of all, like, we need to recognize when it's a, a common, a common situation, a problem, that when it's just like a, a low week or a low period, it's very mm -hmm. different. But once you recognize that there's thing going wrong and, and I don't want to say the word wrong that there is something not okay with you and that you're not able to handle it on your own okay so that the the flipping point okay I recognize it now I embrace it what do I and I think this is the most important part we're speaking about medication but there's also many things that we can do on our own on a daily basis to try to control and if at some time, you, so at some point you need to do both, 
for example, your self-care education, well, go ahead and, 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 and do both. But yeah, first of all, recognizing what are, what are the symptoms you, you, you had like, or you have had while going through these times of anxiety? Um, so, so for me, there was, there was a lot of, uh, yeah, it was more, I guess, on the emotional side, like, uh, like Anna was saying, uh, feeling, feeling really down, feeling really depressed, having like this sense of the sadness so deep. I didn't even know where it was, where it came from. It, it mm. seemed to even not come from me. Uh, remember that very, very, very strongly. And, and then, um, and then either not making me sleep or either just the only thing I was interested in was sleeping and <laughs> around around the, the around the teenage years, um, not having not having an interest and having, you know, not finding uh, motivation to to do anything and um and, and feeling completely stuck with uh, with what I had. Mm. What about you? What about you, Anna? Um so sleeps, not sleeping. <laughs> I think it was the worst because when you wake up in the morning, you only slept like one or two hours and you go through your day and you have to go through school and stuff like that. And I, I've never do, I've never done a snap. So I was always like uh, pumping into my energy, what I had left. And at some point I would totally be a break. <laughs> And uh, that's when I decided uh, that I needed some help <laughs> to manage that. Um, what were the other symptoms? Yeah, for me, it was um, most feeling different. So I started to have less and less friends because I felt uh, nobody was under understanding my me. And that was really hard because I needed some help and I was uh, closing myself uh, on my own and feeling different and feeling alone. And it was really hard. Uh, what else? I used to bite my nails. I was really anxious about the future. So I was planning everything, like controlling everything, everything, everything until it was crazy because I wasn't resting. So yeah, it was really hard. What else? Yeah, I think the control was really was really a hard thing because I was controlling everything. Mm. Um, yeah, mm. no rest and controlling, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, for me, it has, it has changed from time to time. But, well, when I was a kid, it was like calculating the risk of everything mm -hmm. because of my, my year of death. So it was like, if I'm going out in the car, we can have a crash or a car can run me over or if I eat I didn't want to eat because I could choke so like I used to calculate the risk of everything which is <laughs> it's crazy now that I think about it uh teenage years was mostly sleeping as as you the same like mostly sleeping and closing myself to others and now I have found other symptoms that I, I didn't really at the time but for example I, I have eczema but it's not all the time but when I am suffering of a lot of anxiety, my eczema pop, pops up from nowhere. It's been like, it's been one year that the eczema is on. So now I know that this is one of the symptoms I get. Also, my, my heart goes very fast. Mine, as I was saying before, it's mostly like my anxiety uh, to a panic attack when it's very serious. So I can feel like I'm dying, like literally 
like I'm gonna die right there up there um what else yeah I, I have a lot of trouble swallowing <laughs> it's super interesting this conversation but <laughs> as we were saying it's important get, getting it out uh trouble swallowing uh yeah I feel connected you know like kind of disassociated of myself in a way like as I realize what's happening it's not logical there's a, an outside part of me that is like this is not logical like just calm down and there's like all this cold in my body mm. and, and 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 it's such a, a weird feeling and the thing is that I start feeling it it hits me so the fact of like the pre-symptoms if you can say it like that I don't know but like feeling that it's coming it triggers it faster so when it comes like it hits me like a train but just for other people I noted other other symptoms that maybe other people are experiencing and maybe not us uh, well as I said like the heartbeat racing feeling dizzy feeling very hot or cold as well uh, sweating trembling shaking Uh, pain in the chest or in the abdomen or without being sick um what else did I not uh, okay difficult to swallow but I had that one. Oh, and also I just realized that sleeplessness not always but it can be also a symptom uh, of uh, anxiety heart anxiety or panic attacks not always but it can be also a, a consequence of of all of these stress and then it's stress So, yeah. I forgot other symptoms I can have more now than I had before. Like, I became more sensitive. Like, people triggers me a lot more. I really want to cry more. So mm. that's kind of one of my symptoms. And comfort eating. Mm. When I'm really stressed or... Guilty. I work <laughs> really easily. And the only thing I just do is stand up, go near the fridge, open it and feel like, okay, what am I going to eat? And I'm not hungry, you know. I just know it's filling the void I'm sensing because I'm stressed or anxious about the future. Yeah. Yeah. Big journey for me. I had, um, I had bulimia symptoms when I was a, a teenage years, around, around the age of 12. And, uh, and yeah, it's been, it's been definitely something that, that, that was triggered by anxiety. It is, it is completely, it is triggered by stress as well. Having a very stressful environment can, uh, can make you eat more or eat less. We, we know mm -hmm. people with, uh, with anorexia, uh, mm -hmm. definitely, definitely a big one. Yeah. yeah, good one. It's coming back to us, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, as, as you're speaking, I'm like, oh, I have that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's easy not to remember them. Well done, Anna. <laughs> so we're just human. Everything is okay. <laughs> yeah, and at this point, to say something that we were speaking before um, we started recording, and because we're coaches, Uh, or for therapists or psychologists, that doesn't mean that people don't suffer these kind of things. And this is also something important to say. Um, we are all humans. We all have our, our struggles and our, yeah, our triggers. So um, even if you have a therapist, a coach or so, you can maybe ask them if you're having these symptoms or these feelings, if you have struggled with that, because maybe opening that conversation can help you One, see that your coach or your therapist is a human, but also find someone that can empathize with you. So just dropping that 
little bump there. Uh, we're coaches, but we're human. And <laughs> now speaking of triggers, do you have like very recognized triggers or it, does it just pop out of nowhere? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think I, uh, I, I recognize them more and more and sometimes being also able to anticipate and thinking, okay, yeah, let's, uh, let's see. Uh, in the past, it has triggered me. Without, mm. without trying not to be too much in the past and seeing what's, what's presented this time. But uh, also it's sometimes, I don't know if that happens to you, like recognizing what in this situation is, is triggering you, what it reminds you sometimes. Sometimes it has nothing to do with, uh, with, with what's, uh, what's at stake for you, but what resonates with you is something, it's something from the past and I'm able to, to see it more and more like, okay, Right, I'll see what's happening there. It's you know, it's a transfer about about this and that, and um, and and this is why I feel anxiety. But it's been it's been for me great to to see also those those feelings, which are thank God less and less overwhelming for me. Although I still have anxiety, as you were saying, I think it's a human experience. Uh, mm. I think emotions are, are are to be sensed in all our lives but our relationships to them can can change thanks to a lot of different things self-development as Anna was saying hypnotherapy therapy uh, meditation there's there's a lo loads of different tools that that can help with that and and being able to being able to have this awareness is also is also a gift so like ah oh, okay right I'm feeling this negative emotion this this stress and this anxiety and I can, I can, I can see, I can see what's happening, and so I can come back to my my normal calmer state, which isn't always easy. I'm not going to pretend that I can always do that. Yeah, yeah, sure, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> some some situations triggers us a lot more than others. Generally, family and loved ones and close ones are really good at triggering some emotions. <laughs> uh, it's definitely the case for me. Uh, but um, but it, my my dance with it and the ability as well to see that there can be something good out of something that's not necessarily pleasant is uh, is, is has really helped me. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And what are you, Anna? Do you recognize your triggers or does it just pop? I don't really feel like I have triggers. I. I'm sure I have them, <laughs> but <laughs> what I really, what I'm really happy about now is that I, I'm aware about what I'm going through. So every time I feel anxious or stressed or sad about something, it's easier and easier to recognize that I'm in this state and I don't want to be in this state so I can change it. So as you say, Clem, it's not all the time. Sometimes it makes some time to recognize that I'm stressed and anxious. Sometimes I can't get out of it because it's really, yeah, it's really strong. And sometimes it's still the, okay, I feel bad, but I kind of like it because we all like sometimes to feel bad and get attention because of it and stuff like that. But yeah, most out of it, I can, okay, I'm feeling sad. It's because of this and I don't want to be sad because of this anymore. So, okay, let's, uh, mm. let's shift the feeling, let's shift the state and bim, it gets, it gets away and I can be happy again or calm. Yeah. Yeah. As you said, it, 
I, I, I was just gonna, gonna tell Anna and yourself like sometimes we get out of it pretty fast like you say mm -hmm. like okay two minutes okay I'm good to go and sometimes it takes longer and just to say as you guys uh, sometimes you have the willing to get out of it and then sometimes you need to accept that you need to feel low a little bit longer in order to to get out of it because sometimes just pushing it and pushing it makes it worse so that's also part what's important to know yourself and know like when you're ready to push it back faster and when you need to just let it lay down a little bit myself I, my triggers it's well I'm gonna start with I'm not gonna give a list of triggers don't worry but for example there are some silly ones but I avoid at all costs. And when it's scary movies or zombie movies or anything that I know in the night because I have like very vivid dreams. I know that in the night I am going to dream about it and the next day I'm gonna wake up anxious mm. just about a movie. And I know there's people out there that love these movies and so on, I cannot deal with it. And it's not in the moment that I get scared. It's like happens after during my sleep triggers me the next day so I, I I just don't do it because I know it won't make me any better but as of triggers I, yeah it's mostly stressful moments sometimes I really don't know where it does it come from but like the exact the exact moment you know the exact switch hmm. but normally it's after a, a few days or a couple of weeks that I've been stressed at some point it's gonna boil and come up like a volcano um but yeah just just to say like it's important to try to recognize the things you can avoid there are other things that we not avoid there are things in life that unfortunate, unfortunately we have to deal with and that's it and maybe then work with what with what we have on our our anxiety or sadness or panic attack whatever and it's it's, it's um, just, um, oh sorry did you did you have more no 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 go, no, yeah? go ahead uh, let, yeah. let me think of um, you know this question of intensity and that's something I'm I'm paying more and more attention as well to in my in my in my daily life is like trying to catch myself even when the feeling is is not very strong like I don't know I feel stressed because I'm going to be late for my appointment at the addresses and it's only five minutes late I'm like. Um, do I really need to feel that stress? Um, <laughs> yeah. And I'm a lot like you, Anna. I, nowadays, I found that what's triggering my anxiety a lot is is, the, is future thoughts. So, what's going to happen? Is it going to work? Um, and, and I'm really, I'm really about that. And I, and I also know that there's no need to, and that, well, it's absolutely useless to worry about <laughs> the, the future. And that's not something I, I believe in. So. So sometimes, like uh, we, I don't, I don't know if you if you would agree with that, but sometimes I think we tend to dismiss some of the anxiety because, like, it's too small. But one small plus one small plus one small in one day can can you know your partner annoys you because whatever uh, he slammed the door, and plus this and this Excel work that you've been doing, this Excel document is being annoying you, and and it adds up. And it creates, in a way, your the fact that you'll be unhappy about a day. Mm. Uh, so I'm trying to pay more attention to to those little moments as well, and to see how I can. For me, it's coming back, being but being more present to the to the present moment, and and using some some little exercises. But um, 
I found that very powerful as well. I don't know if it's uh, something you relate to. I can relate to that. Yeah. And I don't know if it's the first episode or the second, but we were speaking about choosing your battles and mm -hmm. it's, it's what you're saying, right? Like, am I going to get stressed because I'm arriving five minutes later? Nope. So, okay. So start choosing your battles as well. That's, a, that's a way to prevent it in a way. And yeah, I completely agree, agree with you, Clem. And also like, well, not for myself because I don't do drugs, but I, I did a little bit of research on this subject because I wanted to give a wider perspective, not only like my own. And well, of course, like there are different reasons why people are more prone to anxiety, anxiety or panic attacks or extreme sadness. And of course it can be childhood experiences. Mm -hmm. It can be PTSD. And about PTSD, there, there's something very, very um, interesting that I found out. And it's that people sometimes think that PTSD is for the people that come back from war or that suffer a lot during their childhood or very extreme situations. But something very, let's say, like simple that happened in your childhood could have had impacted you so much that you may not recognize it as a, as a post-traumatic um, post syndrome syndrome thank you <laughs> but it can be that so again uh, that or sometimes it's just just your current life situation physical or mental health problems uh, drugs alcohol and medication which is very important to say when i when i i am not doing well and i drink even if I don't get wasted or whatever, but the next day I may feel super depressed as if something horrible had happened. So also when we're in that kind of, of periods of our life, when we're not feeling great, avoid using alcohol or something that can, even caffeine that can, you know, just like accelerate the, the, the anxiety. And another reason, it can be just genetics. Maybe your family, uh, there's a story of, of, of um, depression or anxiety in your family. And that can be another reason. And just to say like in your own, well, for the listeners, in your own specific case, that's why it's important to see someone that it's an expert on the subject and identify why are you dealing with, with all of this. And I would like to know now, what do you guys do when you are going through, well, claim you don't have panic attacks, but through a lot of anxiety or panic attack, or what do you do in the precise moment when you're like, oh, geez, it's here. The monster arrived. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go, Anna? Okay. I have so many things to say. <laughs> go, go, go ahead. I, I, I need to take notes because I need some new tips, tips and tricks. All right, so <laughs> as we may not know, <laughs> um, the stress is caused by cortisol and adrenaline because it's a fear of flight uh, syndrome. So when we think we're in danger, our brain goes into this uh, fear of flight state. And so it puts uh, some hormones into our system like cortisol and adrenaline to make our heart pumps faster so there's more blood in the muscle so we can uh, we can run <laughs> and nowadays it doesn't serve you a lot 
but there's still those hormones like uh, crazy hormones in your body. So when you go on a stage to do a public speaking, it'd be great as we say in another episode because it helps us to go further, but in our daily life, we don't need this. So one thing is to, is to how can I say, is to make our parasympathetic system decrease those hormones, so the vagus nerve. And to, me, to, to do that, there's uh, lots of techniques like breathing. If you breathe slow or you do coherence, cardiac coherence, you can help your body to, to let go. So it uh, gets your parasympathetic system to, to decrease the hormones in your body. You can do Wu chanting. So this is a, a, from a therapist that invented this. His name is Peter Lerin. Um, it's when you chant, when chant Wu, so you just breathe. And when you exhale, you say Wu, and just feeling the vibration in your belly makes your uh, vagus nerve calm, so the, the hormones decrease as well. There's also another technique called Tame Your DMN. So it uses all of your senses. It's amazing because you can do this one everywhere. So with your eye, you try to see an object really close to you. And then you try to see the peripheric vision. So you increase your vision on the up or down and all the on the sides. Mm. And you can do the same with the feeling. You can feel, for example, one thing like your clothes, and then you can feel internally what's going through your body. And the same with auditory. So you can hear the sounds the closer to you and hear the sound the... The, the further? The, yeah, <laughs> sorry. And uh, so this is the, this, those are the techniques with your body because it's really important to go back to your body in those, uh, in those times of anxiety. So you, can, you are more in the present, but it's also interesting to see what's going through your mind, what, which thoughts are in your mind. So I remember having a, a nice time reading uh, Katie Byron question. So every time you have a bad thought, like when I say bad, it's a, a thought that brings you the sadness or the anxiousness. And you ask, is it true what I'm thinking? Is what I'm thinking true? If you say yes, okay, is it, I, how can I be absolutely sure that it is true? If there's no evidence, so you can relax a bit because it might be a bad belief that you're believing in and it brings you anxiety. After this question, you can ask yourself, how am I when I believe in this thought? If you feel bad, maybe it's time to choose another belief, another thought. So the first question is, what belief can I think to feel better? Okay, my boyfriend cheated on me. Am I sure about it? Yes, yes, I'm sure. Am I absolutely sure about it? Ugh, maybe not. <laughs> How do I feel when I feel about when I think about that? Okay, I don't feel good. I don't want to be cheated. I don't want to be betrayed. So mm. what thought can I think? Okay, I'm gonna ask him or I can trust him. And that way you can change and not feel anxious about it. There's another method I really like. It's from Gabby Bernstein. And she it's a three-step method the first one is to imagine and think about the fear that you're going through is it the fear of dying is it the fear of public speaking which fear is causing you anxiety 
and try to pinpoint in your body. Is it a stomach sensation? Is it a, is it a breathing stuff? Is it your heart pumping too much? Then forgive yourself. You accept it. Okay, I forgive myself for feeling that. I forgive myself for thinking that it's all right. And the third one, it's always the same. It's choose what's best for you. So I don't want to feel that fear right now. What's best for me is to feel trust in myself. It's to feel that things are going to be okay. And then you just embrace this new feeling. So for me, that would be the, the tips, the body tips and the mind tips, because they are always connected. So tame your body first, then change what you think and what's in your mind. I love them. I already took my notes as always. I'm, lear I'm learning with everyone. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I love it. Therapy, so I use hypnotherapy all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's very, very powerful, isn't it? Yeah, I uh, yeah, I like, I like what you said because um, uh, I, I love all that you said, and <laughs> and all, and also particularly um, the the reason the reason for the anxiety and it, and it's quite interesting to. Uh, when when you can have the awareness to realize what's what's behind it what what limiting belief can be there uh, for me I know that it's uh, I'm playing a lot with I'm not enough I'm not good enough I'll never get there I'll never be uh, I'll never stand out to that level and and when you uh, and this this big insecurity this big uh, it plays with me with, with legitimacy with you know it and it it usually <laughs> comes back to that Mm -hmm. um, it's it's interesting to identify it because then the 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 fear or the anxiety uh, loses its power. It's it's like unre un un unrevealing what's really behind. It's like it's if it's the mask in a way that uh, that maybe this limiting belief that's inside of me has been wearing. Mm -hmm. And uh, and yeah, the connection the connection of the mind and the body is is definitely. It's definitely very strong and this is why like um like you said like what you eat what you can can have can have an impact and we definitely feel all that with yeah. with our bodies so so strongly and um so it, it's going to be similar to 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 what we already said but uh for me the stages would be first to accept mm. uh because because resisting it or if you're refusing that it's here it's going mm. to explain it uh, uh, or not wanting to face it as well. I think you, you said that earlier, Anna, uh, off, offline. Uh, if, if, I, if I don't have the awareness, it's going to stick. If I don't face it, if I don't want to see it, I'm going to keep with it. So it's, uh, it's not only in a way accepting it in a passive way, like, yeah, yeah, sure, it's here, but and actually, no, it's like, okay. So that it can go, it can go through, like we were saying in the other episode about the emotions they're here to to come and go and fear and anxiety is the same they're not a permanent state they come and they go mm -hmm. so in the way it reveals again the mask what i feel is like so true so in my face i can see only this is not is not permanent ah it's not permanent right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, what's the truth then that's that's what you were saying also Anna. what's what's the tr what's the truth if that's not true i don't have to listen to it maybe maybe it's it's just a thought passing by and i'm not my thoughts 
and maybe I, I can not believe it. Mm. It's not what, because I'm hearing this and of course my body is reacting to it. Mm. Um, so, so that would be the, the first phase for me and I've been playing with that. It's not always easy still now, accepting. Mm. I'm having this right now. <sighs> Don't resist, let it go through. Like, let it come, let it be here. And, um, and, and, and the awareness would be probably the second or, or simultaneous, I'm not sure exactly, but um, <laughs> what's here, you know? Mm -hmm. what's here? Mm -hmm. so, so then I can come back to, well, yeah, I would say like, Anna, going back to the present moment. Mm -hmm. So breathing, breathing is a great, breathing is a great way. Some meditation techniques that you, uh, you can use eyes open as well and eyes closed. Because you can't always go and sit down and, <laughs> and close the door and say bye, everyone. <laughs> or I don't know, you're driving or yeah, and you're you're engaged, you're engaged in something, and um, and that and that usually that usually brings me brings me back. But yeah, but the resilience of it because I think for me it's it's a resilience uh, pattern there. Yeah, um, is is. It's a, it's a journey, it's a dance. It's a dance, isn't it? It's like the waves of the ocean. They come and they go and maybe they'll come again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sometimes it's stormy. Yeah, you might not like it, but, uh, but it is stormy. <laughs> yeah. Is. <laughs> yeah, that's a dance, right? Mm. Yeah, I deal with it quite, quite different. Well, I just deal with it differently because when I'm like in that episode, in that moment, thinking about it or mm. trying to overanalyze it doesn't work for me. I have, I, and I know that for some people it does, as you were saying, like, and they are very good practices, but I like to do them after, like to do all of this, like reflecting, but after, because if I do it in the moment, it just triggers me further. So I can just spiral very fast. What I like to do is first stand up because there is a tendency I have like that I want to be like, you know, like on my bed or on the sofa, like all closed up. So what I like to do is just stand up, start to stretch and breathe, like breathe, breathe. And of course, acknowledge like I'm having an attack, a panic attack, anxiety attack, whatever. And just breathe, 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 stretch. I start if I'm at home or if I'm on the street where I try to walk, like even if it's in circles, like walk, walk, walk. And during that, that time, I repeat a, a, like a little mantra. And I just say like, I'm in a safe space. I'm in a safe space. Or I am safe here. Or, you know, I am feeling safe. And I just go and go and go and go and go without trying to understand in the moment what happened or why is it happening. Also, I like to smell something nice. Um, I, I heard la lavender. It's very good for, for anxiety and stress lavender or if not I have you know like one of those uh, Thailand pots that are full of herbs inside that smell super nice well try to smell something nice and, and breathe it also helped me um, I also like taking showers <laughs> mm -hmm. there's something about you know like being in the shower like feeling the, the water run yeah. through your body and closing your eyes and saying like I am safe like yeah. I am safe I am blessed I mean on a, on a safe space like that helps me a lot yeah. Um, seeing something funny. I love puppies and dogs, so maybe trying to find. And these are ridiculous tips, and not medical and not professional. But this is how I handle it, me personally. Um, and yeah, after that, of course, I will try to understand what happened, why it happened, mm -hmm. 
if it's true if it's not true like but after it i go through all of like the healing the moment um yeah um also what has helped me a lot it hasn't stopped it from happening but that has helped me like just to feel better about it is speaking because as I was saying previously, I didn't speak about it for the longest time. It's very, like, it's just the last few years that I, I started speaking about it. But, you know, after having an attack, I may call my mom or send a message to my boyfriend. Because it just makes me feel good to tell someone that, you know, I just went through this. I'm okay, but I just want you to know that this happened. And, yeah, that, that's it. Like, after that, of course, there are a million things. I would like to try hypnotherapy. It's something I haven't done it yet. Well, I have done it, but not for that, which is silly. But I would like to to find something else that can suit me for maybe not forever, but longer. You know, uh, I don't know if it would work for me, but I'm. I always think that we need to try everything, like everything, 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 until you find what what's good for you. Mm -hmm. But it seems like you have a you have a quite a body approach, like Anna was describing. That's uh, that works for you quite well, and uh, I think it also depends, as as we were saying earlier, like of the degree of of, of intensity. So sometimes yeah. the like accepting awareness can work if the intensity is not so high. Mm. But if you're like uh, going to pass out, uh, you you may you may not have the possibility of doing this. <laughs> no, I. I that, that's very important to say because it depends on, on your symptoms. My symptoms are very physical, like very, very, very physical. Mm -hmm. Like my, my, my fingers can get numb. Uh -huh. Like it's very physical. So I, I think that's why I feel better if I go just like to movement and breathing and uh, walking. But of course, if it's more in your head, thinking about it and analyzing it and <laughs> or in your, on your, your heart. Yeah. So, so that's very important to recognize like everyone, like, how, what, what are my symptoms and, and what suits my symptoms? Yeah. Always. Yeah, it's always very individual. Yeah, yeah. And now I have another question for you. When did you start speaking about it like more openly? What, what happened that you decided you wanted to speak about it? Mm. What helped me was, I think, was to have therapy on a very early, early age. I think that that was a really, really amazing gift for me, the ability and the invitation to, to be heard and the, the, the space and the allowing of, of, of being able to share mm. it helped. But for, uh, for my eating disorder, for example, that's been something I, I haven't talked a lot uh, before, before, before recently. Um, yeah. So I guess it depends what what exactly is you consider to be shameful for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and again, it might be different from from one, one person to another um, and I'm a bit like you Julia I've been like I, um, I've always tried and I keep on trying and I'll keep on trying always to uh, for, for a better life for a better life for myself for a better life for others uh, because I believe that you need to start with yourself mm -hmm. so th this really opened me up gradually yeah yeah um, and what about you Anna? As you say, Clem, you know, when you were talking about the small time when you feel anxious and you're okay, it's just small, I don't need to. What we need to understand is the more 
we train about those techniques, about those little things that makes us happy. Uh, it can be take a walk. It can be just, okay, I need to relax now. It can be breathing it and whatever works for you. The more we train our brain and ourselves to do it, the more we are going to be able to to manage the panic attacks, to manage when there's a huge intensity because the neurological path in your brain would be done, you know, it would be already started. So even if it's really intense, you are able to manage it. You are able to manage everything and every solution is in yourself, you know? So what you need to understand is train yourself every day, try to be happy every day, try to find joy every day and when things get hard, you are able, because you have confidence in yourself, to, to be able to shift, to have the mind shift that you need to be in a nice state. Yeah, true. So, yeah. so, true. so yeah. What, what made you open up, uh, Anna? Did you, did you manage to open up a bit later? Or? I don't know if you say open up to one person or open up in the, in the huge public, you know? I guess because in general. One person, it was a, a long time ago, I think, mm -hmm. maybe not when I was a child, but maybe in, as a teenager, because I had a, one great friend and we were talking about, like, about that because she was going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. So that was the first time after I've seen doctors to talk about it because I really wasn't sleeping. So it was the second time I really opened up and after it was more, okay. Mm. When the, the pills for sleeping made me like having a really hard time because I was a great student and because of the pill I started to fall down. Mm. I was like, okay, I need to change things. I don't want to take the pill again and I want to start being myself again. So that's at that time that I found all the everything, you know, to change. So that's when I found hypnotherapy, that's when I found self-development and, and everything. So yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, amazing. No. that's great what made me open up I think it, it was just tired of um, putting on the mask you know because like me my normal self is like I am very happy I am very bubbly I am very open uh, but then when I was not feeling like it I always and, and I already said that in another episode but like I used to put like this happy mask because people knew me like that. So for me, there was no point on showing like the bad side, the, my weird side, my sad side. I don't know. But then some, at some point, like uh, about three years ago, I, I just got tired. And it was after something very huge happened that that I, I actually started feeling scared <clears throat> because it lasted long, like months. And then I got scared. I was like, this is longer than, than ever. And I, I need to, to tell someone more than a doctor because my doctor knew, but it's not this, it's not the same. Like only if your doctor knows, then if you have someone close, you can speak mm -hmm. about it and just say like, you know what, right now I'm not feeling great because of this disease. You don't need to help me. You don't need to soothe me. You don't need to do anything. I just want you to know. And it was that I just got tired to feel of, of feeling lonely. Um, <clears throat> my voice is not breaking; it's just the pollen. Um, <laughs> it, but yeah, I, for everyone that hasn't opened up, I, I understand that it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to show your vulnerable side. It's hard to show that, in a way, you're not perfect, but anybody is. Um, but it's important. It's important because it's part of being your authentic self. 
and your authentic self is is perfect when it's imperfect and it's perfect when you can see all the colors so that's what i would say about this subject uh, try everything you can uh, there are a million options and you'll find one that works for you but just don't stop looking don't surrender and yeah that that's that's how i would like to to close that subject but i would like you girls to tell me uh what would you like to share with with our audience yeah maybe as, as a one last thing a little bit in in the same line of what you were saying um uh we we all shared that we uh we got some help uh we reached out so um so it's similar to what to where you said like like being open talk to your friends talk to your family um, look for things that, that work for you. And the more you're going to look for things that work for you, the more you're going to discover who you are. And, mm. and so it's, 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 it's the most beautiful journey. And in that sense, it's, it's always a gift because through uh, difficult things you encounter and you discover the most beautiful part of yourself, the most beautiful part of the world in, in ways you could not have imagined. So um, this, is, this is in a sense why they're, they're a gift. So Go for it, go for it and, and get some help. Don't stay on your own. Yeah. Mm. All right. Um, as a last thing for myself, I would say just love yourself the way you are because love is everything. Um, yeah. If you start by loving yourself, even in those moments, you will see that you can do everything and you will also see that people doesn't stop loving you just because you're sad just because mm -hmm. you're depressed because you're going through depression or or panic attacks and everything else on the contrary they're going to want to help you they're going to want to listen to you and go with you through this so just love yourself accept yourself and everything is impermanent so you will get through it no worry Yes, this too shall pass, as they say. <laughs> yes. uh, I loved having this conversation with you girls. What we could you have a one last uh, one last thing, Julia. No, no, no. I just wanted to say I'm super grateful to share with this with you and with yeah. all our our listeners. It's not easy. It's it's um, a complex subject, and we could go on for hours and hours. But if after this episode, someone has an idea or would like us to touch on a certain subject, um, feel free to send us a, an email. Uh, our email is uh, coffeetalkcoaching at gmail.com. Um, so we would love to hear from you. And I would like to thank you guys again. Thank you, everybody that's listening. And I send you a big kiss and a big hug. Bye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.